0: The reason these disturbances they followed you to a new home is because it's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. So, 1100 men went in the war, 316 men came out of the sharks, took the rest June the 29th, 1945. Anyway,
1: we delivered the bomb.
2: Any circumstances say I'll be right back. Because you won't
3: be back. Get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back.
1: Ah. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm
2: all out of bubble.
1: <laughs> oh. Shit.
2: My name is Robert Hawkins. And possibly seven hours ago, uh, something attacked the city. Um you found this. If you're watching this, then you know more about it than I do.
4: California, stay away from me. Stay away from me. I'll come in here. John Doe has the upper hand. And on that day, Ahab will go to his grave, but he'll rise again within the hour. He will rise and beckon Then all,
1: all save one, shall follow. Daryl will laugh at you. Daryl will laugh at you. Daryl will laugh. At you.
4: Welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror, film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of New York.
3: Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going? I'm fine, just a little startled at having to go first.
4: Yes, yes. Eric <laughs> gets It's stuck at work because it is the beginning of the month. Uh, Today is December 2nd, 2021, for folks who are curious, and uh, Eric has some monthly issues that he has to deal with. Also, a Connecticut American? This is Chrissy.
0: Chrissy, how's it going? Um, Very well, thank you. Glad to be hanging out with you guys tonight.
4: Excellent, excellent. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you, sir? Doing well. Excellent, and in the state of Missouri.
1: Hi, this is Kevin.
4: Kevin, how's it going?
1: Feels unnatural. It's almost it was almost seventy outside today, and it's December second. What is going on?
4: Yeah. There you go. We'll trade you? Uh, here it rained. Yeah, it wasn't too good. Uh, and then we sometimes have Abe from Commonwealth of Massachusetts, along with Eric from state of michigan but uh as it stated uh neither can make it uh abe has night uh work uh so who we are for folks who are curious to just bumped into us found us or whatever uh, we are a dark discussions podcast uh at this point at the point of december 2nd 2021 when they are recording this uh we have 513 episodes out so uh is a podcast that's been around for over 10 years, almost 11. Uh, it's also part of the Dark Discussion News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. You can find uh, this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, it's basically, we talk about uh, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, throws, techno, throws, mysteries, grindhouse, art house, midnight movies, cult films, and whatnot. Basically, we talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Uh, we also have an email at darkdiscussions.aol.com where you can email us or just press the contact us link on darkdiscussions.com. And we will read your email on on the podcast, so ideas, your personal opinions about a certain film, whatever send it over, and we will read it uh, also um you can donate to Patreon. Patreon is a place where you uh, can give money to creators. Uh, we are a creator. Everything here is free. We don't make any money, but we do have a lot of purchases, including Zoom and the website and all these other things. So it's a, uh, a good half of the grand, if not more, a year. And anything that you would like to donate to us would be fantastic because uh, we would greatly appreciate any help That people give us. And for those who do give us money, uh, you do have a chance to have us record a film. Uh, Basically, what happens is for every $5 that you donate, you can uh, give us a name of a film. So if you donate $15, you can say Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, or Curse of the Demon, or you could just say Nightmare on Elm Street three times, because again, $15 is three choices. And then it's thrown into a figurative hat, and then at the quarterly of Uh, so January, April and so on each quarter, we randomly pick a film out of that list and we would do an episode on that movie. Uh, so once again, greatly appreciate any help. Uh, that's pretty much all I got there. Um, Again, uh, December 2nd, 2021 is recording this for some of our listeners like Pam, who are always curious when we record our episodes because they aren't necessarily released immediately. For example, episode 513 was recorded about three months ago and was just released today. And that was our uh, our interview with uh, John Hyams, the director, creator, co-writer, writer uh producer of the netflix television series black summer uh, season one and two um so i guess we can get into our topic tonight if we have time after we will uh discuss what we've been watching or any news in uh genre cinema and video games and whatnot uh so until we that period we will uh, get into our topic and uh with that uh mike what are we going to discuss tonight
3: uh tonight we're going to discuss the either twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty-one HP uh, Lovecraft themed independent horror film, The Deep Ones. I'm
1: surprised. Mr. Marsh. Wow.
0: Is that
1: a few or what?
0: How long have you two been married? Three years.
4: Are well, you're gonna make a wonderful mother? My neighbors around here, we're part of a seaside commune, the Solar Beach Colony.
0: Welcome,
4: Petri Alexandra. So happy you made
0: it. I think this whole Solar
1: Beach community is a little for like.
0: Petri seems to fit in real well.
1: You smoke? I get a little loopy when I smoke. It'll help you focus for your journey. Focus. Focus. See
3: the light? Lady, will you hear the exit of light? Be awake. Hey.
0: Petri! Hello? You've been chosen.
1: you are in danger. They're watching, always.
0: They took my jasmine! What have they done to love jasmine? You brought it to us. You made your choice. I found a hidden camera. They've been watching us this entire time. What is
1: out there? Open the door. Don't be afraid.
0: We need to call the police. What is wrong with you? You'll be like me, a mother to the people.
4: That's right. The Deep Ones uh, was released, and Chrissy will give us a little explanation on that, at festivals prior to its official release in the United States everywhere uh, earlier this summer. Uh, the film is called The Deep Ones, loosely based off of H.P. Lovecraft's story, specifically uh, The Deep Ones. Uh, it's directed by a gentleman named Chad Farron, who is has uh, director of a lot of Uh, Indie horror films similar to this Uh, His most famous recently Was probably Exorcism at 60,000 Feet Which was kind of a a comedy that Got a lot of buzz uh, Late last year or the year before Uh, Such people as Jason uh, Lloyd Of Horror Failure and Much uh, Talked about that film a lot Um, The film stars A number of folk, uh, mostly unknowns But uh, I'll throw out a few of the names Uh, Gina LaPiana And Johan Herb, Robert Miano, Sylvia Spross, Uh, those are probably, oh, and uh, Jackie DeBotten, who are probably the the five main leads. Also, uh, Kelly Maroney has a a pivotal role in this film as well, and she's probably well-known as a uh, horror scream queen. Um, It wasn't just I pay to appear for two minutes. She actually um, had a pretty good uh, role in the film. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, so I guess we can uh, get into how we heard about this film and what we thought. Uh, the writer, again, is Chad Farron, based off of H.P. Lovecraft Writings. Uh, so let's start with you, Barrett.
2: Um, I saw it, uh, you know, just while I was flipping around on Amazon Prime looking for something to watch. Uh, so I decided to watch it. I thought it was okay not the greatest film but you know when you talk about cthulhu horror it's hard to get really good productions so um it kind of did what i expected
4: all right sounds good uh yeah for me uh i actually heard about this because um uh publicists were sending me a whole bunch of um Articles and, and release notices and stuff about the film. Uh, they sent me the trailer, I, so I actually watched the trailer. Uh thought it was pretty good, so I tried to get screeners for it back in the summer. it uh, was unfortunately unable to be happen, uh, so I just let it pass uh, until uh, Barrett brought it up to uh, us about a week or two ago. Uh, so I, uh, I watched the film uh, in the past 24 hours, um and the film is as uh we stated an independent horror film um I actually uh thought it was decent uh as Barrett uh had um, um some issues being in an independent horror film uh but uh, generally uh, I enjoyed myself it was it was fun and um uh, I had really no issues uh with the film. Knowing generally that what it was an independent horror film, and as Barrett said, uh, difficult to find many Lovecraft films or films based off of his work that are huge productions. So uh, yeah, it was it was good. It is free on Prime, so that that doesn't hurt either. Uh, let's go with you, Kevin.
1: Yeah, I heard about this just because you said this is the movie we were watching. And I saw it last or no, I saw it earlier this week and I really wasn't impressed. All
4: right. Sounds good. Uh, let's go with you, Mike.
3: Uh, Yeah, I heard about it the same way Kevin did. I was told this is what we're doing two weeks ago and and this is what we did. Um, And it's uh, the best I could say is I have seen worse. Uh, there wasn't a lot that just stuck out to me as truly awful, uh, but there also wasn't a lot that jumped out at me as being really, like, really great. Um, well, Actually, you know, I take that back. I kind of like the uh, – there is a, a creature in here that I thought I had fun with. Um, it's a story that you've, you've – weirdly enough, I think we've seen before. We, we viewed um, Dagon – what was that, about a, two years ago? yeah and they
2: actually um give him I to think they did Diego credit year. and they give credit to Stuart Gordon at the end.
3: Okay. So there are obvious um look it's a, it's the Cthulhu mythos. There are certain recurring themes. I'm not you know so I'm just saying I've seen it similar themes here done. There's not anywhere near quite the same film. Um but, you know, it was it was I don't know, it's hard because it's not a no budget film, you know, mm-hmm. but it's not like it was you know because it has some people who have acted before. It wasn't just getting like, you know, Cindy, the grocer uh, in a starring role. But it's you know, it's. Um, so they had some budget. It just I don't know that uh, what was there wasn't particularly well polished. I've seen better movies, probably with lower budgets. Um, I don't really know what they could have done. Without a lot more money, I mean, there were things that felt to me like they they needed more, probably needed more takes. Um, you know, they just took the best of what they could get. Um, I thought, but at the same time, I didn't think it was awful. Uh, I didn't think I saw like anybody's acting was like, you know, your Keanu Reeves and Bram Stoker's Dracula bad. Um, you know, they were serviceable <laughs> for the most part, and some of them were were good. Um, and it was nice to see Kelly Maroney again. Um, I was a little surprised. I'm friends with Kelly Maroney on Facebook, and she did nothing to promote this film. Like she never <laughs> like said, "Oh, you know, here's this movie that I'm in." You know, for someone who I, I mean, I don't know how much work she has been doing of late, but she'll always promote like when she's at a convention doing a signing. But yeah, nothing about about this. So it, I, don't, I guess it wasn't a a big deal on uh, in her mind, but. Anyway. Just to
2: interject real quick, um, I think it's funny that you brought up Keanu Reeves in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, because I thought some of the accents were either coming out or were wrong <laughs> in this movie.
4: That's, no, that's, maybe right, one well, of the things well, that bothered well, let, let, let's, me. Well, let, let's, let's get into all that, uh, because we still have uh, someone else has to give their thoughts. But anything else, Mike? No, that's it. Okay, uh, and Chrissy.
0: Okay, so um, this movie was on my radar because I am a huge supporter of uh, independent horror films and independent horror film festivals, and this actually had its U.S. premiere at the 2020 HP Lovecraft Film Festival in Portland, Oregon, which, because of the pandemic, was held virtually online. Um and, you know, this is a big festival. It was the 26th one was this year in 2021. And a, gr- a great many, like, Lovecraft-inspired pieces, uh, particularly features, get released at that film festival. So that I didn't see it in 2020 because it was their premiere um, package for, like, their opening night, I think. And I was more interested in just the blocks of short films. So I skipped it. Um, but when Phil had mentioned it, I was like, you know, I think I've heard of that. So I went back through my records to just kind of see if I had seen it or not. And um, that was the story. So its um, its United States premiere was in 2020, October of 2020. Um, yeah, I, I got to honestly say I am very forgiving when it comes to independent films and Dude, free was too much to pay for this. I- I'm probably the one dissenting voice on here. I hated this. Um, I really thought the acting was so bad, most of it was inexcusable. Um, I thought that there were some definite issues with the story uh, where it just it, things – were left too much to assumption and they weren't explained. But at the same time, there wasn't one trope in here that I had not seen. And while I recognize that Lovecraft is kind of defined, you know, you have a globe to work in, you expect certain things. um, You know, another Lovecraftian inspired film that came out earlier this year was Block Island Sound. And that was excellent excellent. I mean, they did like really interesting things with that. Um, And I just thought that this really missed its opportunity to kind of take this sort of story, which we've all seen, let's face it, we've all seen this same kind of tale over and over and over again. But they just, they really didn't do anything different with it. Um, And I just, I don't know, like, I, I can't, I did not like this movie. Um, and yet, I mean, I couldn't do a movie like this. I mean, if I tried something like this, it would be horrible. So I have to give them props for, um, you know, just doing it at all. Uh, and also, I think that I don't know what their budget was, but I think that there were some things that were well handled, um, which I will get into later, um, particularly with some of the special effects. Um, I think because of either the way they were lighting things or because they were trying to control their budget, I think they did a really good job. Um, at least in the first three quarters of the film, um, suggesting things uh, and sort of leaving things to the imagination so that way they didn't have to spend that much money, and I thought that was very well done. But other than that, I I can't recommend this movie. I didn't like – I really didn't care for it. Um, So anyway, so that's me. So this should be an interesting chat tonight because it seems like we're all over the place. So, yeah.
4: All right, sounds good. Um yeah i haven't really checked to see um what reviews uh this film received uh on on uh, i m d b it's at four point one out of ten uh that's four hundred seventy five reviews uh i haven't checked Rotten tomatoes or anything of of that nature um all right so before we get into uh, uh spoilers and whatnot uh for folks who are new to the podcast or just need a refreshing, we talk about everything and anything about the films that we review because we don't just review, we critique and dissect uh, things, including specific scenes and many other things about movies. However, we will throw up a spoiler alert when we do get to that time, but before we do, we generally talk about, well, I'll use the word again, we generally talk about general things about uh, our topics, so for example, tonight you know based off of Lovecraft, we can talk a little bit about that um independent cinema uh if anybody has seen Chad Farron's other films and things of that nature um so uh, uh i'll start um so uh chrissy uh i 'll start with you because uh, I know you've read the deep ones it 's a very short uh story that is directly linked to uh the bigger story called. Um, uh, the shadows over Innsmouth. Um, I was I was curious uh, if you had any any thoughts on, um, the deep ones, which really was is called Dagon. I guess is the name of the the story, um, or the deep ones in general, which are the creatures
0: in Dagon
4: and in, uh, the
0: shadows over Innsmouth. Well, Dagon is such as a story. Dagon is really such a brilliant very short piece of work, it really is. Um, If you wanna dissect it on like a psychological level, and relate it to Lovecraft's life, like a lot of scholars have done, really what it's talking about is the acceptance of self, you know, that we are, that, you know, Lovecraft believed in a lot of ways. If you read any of the scholarly texts on him, or if you watch any documentaries about him, he had issues with the fact that he was not, um, you know, attractive. And I don't mean in a sexual way. He viewed himself as an ugly person in in and out. Um, And so a lot of scholars have speculated that Dagon is really a story about himself and his feelings about him being a monster. Um, And as far as its connection to the Deep Ones, I think this film does make that connection, but I think only if you saw Lovecraft um, or you've read Lovecraft or you're familiar with his work. I think if you were going into this cold um, because – and this was one of the things about the movie I really didn't like when I talked about missed opportunity um, to do something different and to sort of flesh things out. They kind of – this movie didn't go deeper. I mean, I'm not trying to like make a play on the title, The Deep Ones, but it didn't go deep enough. It, it missed an opportunity to really talk about um, things like acceptance of self, things like trauma, stuff like that, that could all have been subtly implanted in that script and in the imagery and in the symbolism, and I just couldn't find any of it. And as you know, Phil, if, if you read the big The Shadows Over Innsmouth, there's a lot about that going on. Um, and of course, I just a lot to interject
2: of, real quick, I can totally yeah. agree with you on that i still I still liked it generally, but I agree with you, they did miss a big opportunity to go have a deeper theme or a deeper meaning or whatever yeah, they went they went the easy route, let's put it that way
0: yeah, yeah i really I really totally agree with you there Barrett um, and I'm glad I'm not alone in that because to me. Whenever I go into a Lovecraft film, and I think you guys are probably the same, right? We've all seen so many Lovecraft films. We know what we're going into. You know, in particular, I think, Barrett, you were talking about the Cthulhu types of films. You know, you know what to expect. But that doesn't mean that you can't do something a little bit different or interesting or, you know, there's loads of room for play, just like there's loads of room for play in the interpretation of Dagon. And there's loads of room for play when you read The Shadows Over Innsmouth. You know, there's loads, there's so much in there that you can get out on a subtextual level. Um And, you know, to just tell a straight up and Phil, you had a good point too. It was sort of like Rosemary's Baby, uh, you know, but done with Cthulhu. Like, you know what I mean? I think they really missed some opportunities here. I don't know, Phil. Did I answer your question well enough? Because I, I could so. talk you're, all you're, night yeah. about that's, this shit in Shadows Over Smith and that's not what listeners are here for. So, like, <laughs> like well, well, no, no they're, they're curious. It, it that might, that, might but, be more but, interesting than but, this movie. But, yeah.
4: but, but, <laughs> but 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 you had an excellent. Uh, 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 non sequitur by bringing up the rosemary's baby and what i what i said offline earlier was that i felt this this film was similar uh, i guess a a low budget version of rosemary's baby using uh cthulhu monsters and mike i know you're a big fan of uh rosemary's baby that movie uh did you see any uh similarities even if minimal
3: uh in in the plot and how how it it went about. Well, yeah, it's a pregnancy horror movie with a cult. Um, And you just remove any subtlety and nuance, and that's pretty much what you get. Um, Certainly with Rosemary's Baby, the fact that it's about the pregnancy, it's not about getting her pregnant, you know, it changes the focus considerably. And you have that uh, story that you can sort of, you know, get the is she crazy? Is, she, is, is this really happening? What's really going on? You know, the sort of uh, gaslighting of the character. Um, where here, I think one of the problems I have with this is the audience is three steps ahead of, or at least an informed audience. Like I said, this is going to be new to somebody, I'm sure, who watches it. Um, but for anyone who's like a Cthulhu fan or has seen anything related to that, you know, that th- there's nothing terribly new done. We all kind of know where it's going, you know, especially when it starts with her having had a miscarriage. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's there. It's perfunctory, um, but yeah, I don't think there's anything. It's it's all in the execution, right? I think there was there was a lot more to be mined, and I find body horror. I mean, pregnancy is pregnancy horror films are kind of a form of body horror. And I find those really interesting and good when they're well done and I you know, this just didn't like find any way to get like get me feel like feeling creepy or child disturbing. You know, I mean just the idea like that's what like to spoil a different film, like was like the 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 big kicker in Don't Breathe, right? Was just the turkey baster. That's what made (laughs) suddenly turn that movie into a disturbing thing because it was that because it's that whole notion of once you introduce the pregnancy element and you know and here it just kind of like yeah she gets impregnated by the tentacle okay by a fish monster all right
0: well yeah and when we when we get into spoilers mike i do want to bring that up just because i really felt it was flagged too much like i think you nailed it when you said at the beginning of when you started talking, you talked about strip away the nuance and there it is. And I think you were right on about that. It was so telegraphed. And so let me beat you over the head. And, you know, that's not, to me, that's not necessarily, at least in this film, it's not um, a budget issue. It's not, it's a script issue. Like, I just thought the script itself, the story itself was just kind of, I don't know. It was just bland. And I think, like you said, an informed watcher. I mean, I was bored with this. Like you said, the audience was three steps ahead. The second she said miscarriage, it was out of her mouth. I went, oh, God, I know exactly how this is going to go. And but it wasn't even like I really wanted to keep watching to find out how I was just like, "Okay, I'm done. I know what's going to happen now. And that's not how you should feel. You know, I mean, how many versions of ghost stories do we watch haunted house movies? We all know how those are going to go, but it's just a question of, okay, what are they going to do with it? That's right, there's different nev- or there's never
3: a, um, there's never an ally, um, meaning, I mean, I guess she has her friend dead, but like, there's nobody in the cult that you don't realize is in the cult. Like the moment you meet them. Um, right. That
4: they gave, they gave their, they showed their cards way too early, right? I mean, yeah, even the first supernatural thing happened within 15 minutes of the film. I oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, continue, so continue. Right,
3: so like, if, I, I don't know why this is coming up, like, so you got the old man and the, uh, the and, and his wife who's pregnant and, um, like, if they had just established them in a, in a, in a, and I don't know how they would have done it because they don't really do anything wrong until, you know, you go to the boat scene, which is too early, but, Because it's advertising, it's an H.P. Lovecraft film. We kind of know what's going on. But if they had them as um, like an anchor of sanity or neighbors that were there, that somebody they could talk to, you know, somewhere where she was maybe, where that was actually part of the cult and feeding the cult information, something, but that you would at least be shocked and could be betraying them at the end. You know, the fact that the husband is turned right away in the beginning of the film. Yeah. Um there there really is nothing like where she gets to question the weirdness of what's going on and or you know are they manipulating me that whole question of uh, the gaslighting right there's is never mm-hmm. really there and it would right. have been interesting if she she'd gotten to the point where halfway through the film the, somebody that the audience had trusted and relied on turns out maybe maybe her friend was the one who sent her was part of this right and had sent her there like on vacation or recommended she goes there and turns out she did it because she was being she was using her specifically for this purpose. Um, she's a recruiter for the cult or something like that. There's there's ways to so that way you can get that all hope is lost moment in the horror film where you know she has no place to turn to Her one source of hope is is gone and not only is gone but has betrayed her and she now has doesn't know who to trust anymore. Um, where we all know from the beginning of the movie you can't trust anybody. And we know when the the husband is taken. So we know we can't trust him. Um, right. Right.
0: Well, and I would agree with that too, Mike, because one of my other issues was this, with this was all of these people that they meet are just over the top, obviously bizarre. And that really takes away from any tension, any mystery, any, you know, like particularly in that party scene where they they're all like, made the Stepford,
1: into, Step, sorry, it says they made the Stepford Wives seem normal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: It was too much. Like even in the Stepford Wives, you kind of get that. OK, who's normal? Who's not? And I'm talking about the original, like, 70s version of the Stepford Wives. You're not really sure. You know what I mean? And that movie's masterfully done because you aren't sure initially who's the Stepford wife and who's not. Yes, later on in the film you figure it out, but that's the part of, that's kind of the joy of that film is that you're like, oh my God, that one is one of them too. Like, but you don't always know that. And this was just like, hi, I'm going to get in your face and talk about, you know, I don't know, turkey basers stuck into my knee for some random reason. Like it was just, it was really strange. Like well, I just, husband, I didn't the, like that.
2: Husband gets converted so fast. Yeah. And it's not subtle at all. So, I mean, there, the contrast is huge between her and her friend and the, everyone else in the film.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's and true. also,
0: yep. And it's, uh, it's interesting. Oh, sorry, Phil, go ahead.
4: I was just going to say, you know, comparing it to Rosemary's Baby, uh, spoiler alert for a fifty-plus-old film. Now, um, uh, John Cassavetes' character—you never know if if he is a convert or not until really the very end, yeah. right? So, so, you know th- that one, that film did the gaslighting, as Mike said, and did keep its cards to itself. Um, and generally had the same plot as this film, uh, with the one big difference is that film there, Dr. Saperstein wasn't necessarily eccentric. The neighbors were, but they're just crazy old neighbors. So here, everybody was eccentric, except for our lead actress and her best friend. Okay. Well,
0: and, yeah, all I was going to say too about that, about the husband turning too quickly, I think that begs another point in that... We don't get to see much of their relationship at all. You know, that's another thing. We don't really see the relationship between them. We know she's had a miscarriage. You know, they met at some point. There's a brief mention of they met on an airplane or something that seems very random and just kind of not connected to anything. And then... We also don't get a sense if there were any issues between them. Okay, for example, they're going on this second honeymoon. Okay, my initial reaction to that was, okay, they had a miscarriage, so they're going on this second honeymoon, but why? What kind of damage did that miscarriage cause between them that they felt the need to go on a second honeymoon? Now, that's just me thinking as a writer. I don't think, uh, you know, your average viewer is going to stop and think about that. But that really bugged me.
2: Yeah, because they only allude to it. They don't really say much about it aside from we came on this trip for that. But you don't know, hey, was it just damaging for her? Did it damage their relationship? right exactly what did it do yeah
0: and so that's why the turn of the guy felt so quick because i think one one way one way to kind of fix that would be if in the script if there was a clear indication there that maybe The guy was actually – the husband, Petri, was actually kind of losing his mind or because of this miscarriage or their marriage was really on the rocks. And the trip was her suggestion, but he didn't want to be there. Okay, so now he runs off with these strange people on a boat because that seemed fucking weird to me too, just like it came out of nowhere. But now we understand. Because now we're like, oh, fuck. Well, she dragged his ass there. He doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to spend time with her because maybe he's creeped out or maybe she went psycho after the miscarriage or whatever. So, of course, he's going to look for an avenue of escape. And now they're giving him weed. And he's like, oh, okay, this is awesome. I can get away from her and I don't have to be here. A simple fix in the script like that would have solved the problem of his changing too quickly. Because also, then he would have said, oh my God, well, he's desperate. He's open to it. Like, of course he's going to well, dive for the first out. You know what I mean? Well, and that's, but, yeah. that
4: was what, that was what was uh, really good about, obviously, uh, Rosemary's baby. It was that the husband uh, was a narcissist and he chose yep. to be, sell his soul or whatever intentionally because he, he, what was important to him was fame and becoming a, a Hollywood actor and money and all that other stuff. So, that was much more interesting, especially the reveal of that in *Rosemary's Baby* versus someone that just gets um, brainwashed or um, uh, what, what's the thing when, when when people do that watch back and forth and you you fall asleep hypnotized, hypnotized, yeah, yeah. So, he was hypnotized way too easily, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think that was unfortunate because not only did it give away immediately that. Our eccentric couple is actually the villains, which you know you, you can really fig- you can probably figure it out even in Rosemary's Baby pretty quickly. But in, in this film here, I mean, it, it was it was blatantly shown to us. You know, like I said, they, they showed the cards. Look, these are the villains. This is you know, this guy is being brainwashed, not deciding to be evil himself like the husband in Rosemary's baby and then the the monster comes and basically converts him uh permanently. So and that's all within 20 minutes in the film. You know, so I think I think um what turns makes this film turn out to be instead of a interesting dramatic horror film, it turns out to be a midnight movie grindhouse. Now, that's not necessarily bad, but um I don't know. But, Generally, yeah. Going but there. if you're
3: going to be grindhouse, you want to lean more into the schlock. Yes. And they didn't. Yeah, and they, they didn't do that. And maybe that's a budget issue. I don't know. I mean, the so like I'll go back. I, I had an issue with with the theming, right? Because I'm not sure how the miscarriage played into the film thematically. Um, you know, was well, she trauma- pregnant again? <laughs> well, right now, was it? I mean, I mean, it could, or into the plot, it could have turned out that you know the miscarriage had left her unable to conceive, and then it becomes a thing yeah. where they try to impregnate her and they can't. But of course, then the story ends in a completely different place and goes in a different direction. Is it that she's that she really wants to get pregnant again, and you know this is sort of a devil's bargain that she's going to end up or be, the be careful what you wish for thing? Is it is it that she's terrified of getting pregnant again and going through the experience again? You know, which is. Which you know, all of these are real emotions you could play with and angles, but it was just sort of hey, we're going to be talking about pregnancy stuff, and I wasn't getting the, the payoff out of it. Um, the cult I don't necessarily mind that the cult people were obviously bizarre because i had, I, I mean, I've never dealt with people actually involved in a cult. But I would have to think that if you spent a little bit of time talking to people who are actually like knee deep in a cult, let alone knee deep in a cult surrounding an actually living, existing sea monster god, that you probably would be talking to them for a little bit and realize they're not all their their wires are connected. Um but you know, there's the one scene where they go to the party and you meet everybody and it's all done through this like fisheye lens, you know, point of view thing and it's just they're they're just like almost like they're out it's like they they they're just people who are just a little off but like out, off in your face in a way and I almost mm-hmm. like if you're gonna go there go go the whole full circus freak thing you know like there's two people who are wearing masks that you later see one of them is like. I don't remember what they had, like fish markings on their face, and that's yeah, why they were wearing the, the the mask was to obscure that. But they really could have leaned harder into the freakishness if they wanted to. Um, and it just feels like they just picked the the tone that just felt, eh. And right, and, well, and, and and even having them being the bring for some freakish people, they needed more normals in that community. Yeah. and, and I right, don't know. None. That they did. Right. Well, and They that, had the crazy
2: the woman who wasn't part of the cult, but – Right. <laughs>
4: well, and, and the because, sheriff kind of, except he, he was a terrible actor. I will say sorry, that. Sorry, Phil. Yeah, well, and and the sheriff really wasn't in the film enough to make us really know if he was right. – But, yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, like for example – and, again, I'm, I'm going back to Rosemary's Baby. Um, you know, Dr. Saperstein didn't really sound he, – like he was – He was eccentric. Uh, Our next-door neighbors, Ruth Gordon and and, uh, whatever the other actor's name was, were a little eccentric, but, you know, they're just old people. They're that type of people. It's not not anything that's really crazy. And then, you know, the various other people that we meet that may or may not be in the cult in in Rosemary's Baby all all seem generally normal. You know, I mean, mean, you know, that's the reason why— People like Jim Jones were able to not just be uh, legit, but was even you know given uh, nice things from ha- Harvey Milk and, and the mayor of San Francisco. You know they were they were part of the major community. They weren't just like these kooks that everybody said. All right, we got to get away from them. So I I think you're, you're right, Mike. That there just wasn't enough normalcy in the cult because if you're trying to convert people or convince people you're normal, you think they would have acted normal. Okay, fine. They had a couple of kids. People had a mask. One was a kid. So, you know, that's just a kid wearing a mask. Uh, But everybody was just acting strange. And if I was, and, and the friend, her friend was said, yeah, we should get out of here. These people are weird. I don't like them and all that. So her character, the friend, Deb, I think it was, was the only character that, acted normal obviously our lead actress she was staying there because her husband was there and so she you know was trying to get him out of there but i, I don't know it's just unfortunate the, the
0: well lady- and that was kind of that also you know we're talking about like the girl with the mask or whatever and i know we haven't thrown up spoilers yet but you know that was weird too because Here, you almost got the sense it was supposed to be like the creepy little girl or something. But it's obviously like this teenager that they like stuffed in this, you know, dress that's supposed to be like, you know, a very five-year-old little girly style. And then giggling weirdly like a five-year-old and it's terribly acted. And I was like, what the fuck does this even have to do with anything? Like, why is this girl even here? And I guess you're supposed to think that... She's the daughter of you know the the quote the crazy woman the one that was like they're going to get you but then again that was a trope too, and it was an right. obvious trope like it wasn't even like the 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 one sane woman in this call that's like oh they got my daughter you know she's a she's totally out there and not a believable character either you know where she's just standing in the middle of the road staring I mean okay. Like, wouldn't she have called the police? Wouldn't she be like, I need to warn you, you know, try to maybe bring the, the the wife over to her side? Also, in the case of this going too fast, I mean, the next day she wakes up and she obviously has morning sickness. But then, you know, she doesn't notice this. Like, she doesn't think... Well, hey, she's in a movie, t-
3: she's vomiting, there's only one option.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> really I mean because maybe it's just because we already knew and we knew what this plot was going to be that that was obvious but it's never mentioned again really she just says oh I'm feeling better and then I mean honestly the, the thing that I enjoyed most in this movie was that creepy doctor person oh my god that was great I loved that character I thought oh my god it's something interesting to watch that I can maybe actually buy into a little bit um but like I said, like the creepy girl, and then that just kind of didn't work, and I don't know, that that was on my list of things where like, okay, these are things that just did not work. Like, I don't
4: know. And let, me, I, let me ask Kevin something. Kevin, um, now now you, you being uh, uh, into uh, church studies a lot and whatnot, I assume some of these church studies may even talk about cults and things of that nature, and this is just a, a complete guess, I have no idea. Uh, mm-hmm. I was curious, your opinion, on the cult and how it acted and anything like that uh any experience from from reading up on this or or in your classes and such
1: well i have done studies on cults i i've found that i mean there's definitely different types of uh, what we would call cults uh some are like a uh, derivation from the main excuse me (coughs) excuse me um but then what we see here is definitely more of a a, a cult, as in following a, a single person. Um, I mean, I think about the, the UFO cults where they all, like all those people, they, they all shaved their heads. Uh, I think it was the Heaven's Gate cult where they all shaved their heads, drank poison, right. and covered themselves in a, a, a purple tri- uh, triangle uh, yeah. diamond. These... Uh, these people are, I mean, I, I mean, especially at the end. I mean, you see that there is something to what they believe. I mean, I, I don't know if we're in spoiler territory yet, but you know, we see we see a creature that fits a lot of what they believe. It isn't just a bunch of people, you know, just drinking and getting high. Um, I mean, or you know, just um, get, drugging, and hypnotizing new recruits. Because um, I mean, I know what Jim you're talking about Jim Jones. I've done not a lot of reading about him, but I've read some that you know he was he was very appealing. He was very, if I can use the term charismatic and he appealed to the masses. He appealed to a lot of different types of people. He appealed to people who especially were kind of fed up with the normalcy of church, with the normalcy of just cultural and society itself and so he was uh, he was an appeal that uh like uh kind of a, if i can if i may use the term social justice he was really into that as well and that really made him a, a very appealing to a lot of a, a lot of different types of people which is why you mentioned earlier like a lot of the uh the, the local government people were very happy with him just because he was uh, he was at that time a positive influence on uh on the society now with these people it I, I mean i've never really studied any any groups of people where they're all kind of reacting the same way like when i mean i thought when they entered in the party and everybody almost said in unison hello welcome and whatever i mean i don't know about i mean that creeped me out um and i stoned or not i probably would have tried to leave but um yeah i uh i mean i i've known people in cults where it's obvious that they can't think for themselves you try to talk to them and you can tell that they know what they have to say they know what they have to think and it's kind of sad but there you go
4: Now, uh, anything else anybody wanted to bring up before we throw up the spoiler alert? Because Kevin did make a good point about uh, eventually getting into specifics. Uh, anybody? All right. Sounds good. So uh, at this point, we're going to throw up the spoiler alert and discuss everything in anything. Uh, and anything. Uh, and with that, uh, I do have an IMDB, but I don't know if you do, Eric. Do, I mean, Eric. I mean, uh, Barrett, do you have it by uh, any chance? I have the IMDB up. Yes, I do. All right. All right, Did you have, so what is it, the wiki wiki?
2: Wiki wiki wiki! A married couple rents a beachside Airbnb only to be surrounded by peculiar neighbors and occurrences. They soon discover to be in the grips of a mysterious cult and their ancient sea god.
3: All right. Spoiler <laughs> warning!
4: <laughs> well, yeah, that's a lot of spoiler, uh, because not only does it say it is a cult, that the people are, are in a cult, but it also says... That there's an ancient sea god instead of a cult that believes in a, a possible fictional or real being. Uh, but yeah, I, I just like the first sentence would have been better. I married a couple yeah. of months at the side, Airbnb only to be surrounded by peculiar neighbors and occurrences. And puffed, that would have been fine. Soon discover is
2: pretty true though. They are definitely peculiar. In, peculiar instantly.
4: <laughs> yes, yes, that is true. V- very very true and very soon early too. Um all right so the spoiler is up so uh, we can talk about everything and anything specific. Uh anybody have any specifics they wanted to discuss um about the the scenes that we see in this film or the characters or <laughs> I wanted to discuss
2: the best friend because she act- actually I like her the best in the film. <laughs> oh, She's sure. funny and, and I a am good so with you.
0: In. I am so with you on that, Barrett. So down with that. All right, go ahead.
2: <laughs> she just
0: when she comes in, she's just
2: her attitude is perfect for what's going on. <laughs> it's like she just doesn't understand why they're even interacting with these people. So well, it's I,
4: I, I i, I I liked one of her. The, when we first introduced her, or, or pretty early, uh, when she's drinking wine with her, with uh, Alex. Uh, that's the actress, the the lead actress's character's name is called Alex. Uh, the character we're talking about is Deb. They're drinking wine, and the husband, Petrie, or Petrie comes home from hanging out with uh, Russell and Ingrid, uh, who are the the, the quote unquote crazy eccentric people uh nearby and Deb mentions how they're kind of strange and Petrie gets really upset saying maybe they're just nice people or whatever um when what she said was you know just something to laugh at and he like freaks and when he gets up he says i'm going to bed uh the expression on on Deb's face of like oh my god this is something wrong here well it was just great um and so so I have to say her character, her, the actress, Jackie DeBaden is the name, um, was really good. Every every role, every scene she was in, she could have been in any real film, meaning, you know, <laughs> mainstream film, not just an indie film. She, she was that good of an actress. When she says, my crowd is rusty, but I think it says this, I was just
2: like, that's great. <laughs> just didn't expect to say I love- it like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the only issue I had with her was why, and again, this this goes into one of my nitpicky story issues, why the fuck she was even there in the first place if this was supposed to be their second honeymoon. That is a good point. Kinda I I, of. I, I, yeah, I kind of, I loved her. It was her and that creepy doctor that I enjoyed watching the most. But... I was like, okay, but this kind of doesn't make sense, because if you're on a second honeymoon, there might even be at least a little tension between the husband and the wife. Like maybe the wife's like, but I want Deb to come visit me. And the husband's like, but this is our second honeymoon or vice versa or something. But it was just like, oh, you know, we're on our second honeymoon, but you know, so we can heal from this very damaging, whatever it is, you know, the miscarriage, but, Oh, now, now your friend's going to come and hang out. Okay. Like, I don't know. It just, but again, I love the friend and I'm glad she was there, but I think that they needed to do a little bit more. Um, they needed to do something with that. Like they needed to, well, I think what,
1: go ahead. I'm sorry, please. Okay. I think Okay, what she could have done at least, the wife could have, could have done at least and said, well, while you're on the boat, can I call my friend Deb and have her come over?
0: Yes, I agree. I think we just you know, need I mean, something, something like that to have a reason for her to be there, because otherwise it was just sort of random.
1: Right, right, right. right. Yeah, it's like, 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 she like from.
4: Like when the husband uh, goes off and says, I'm going to hang out with the neighbors, you know, the crazy people, uh, she could have said, hey, uh, I haven't seen Deb for a while. Now that we're in her area, uh, I'm going to to ring her up and and have her come over. Yeah. That's all they had to do, right? I mean.
0: Yeah. yeah. It didn't have to be rocket science or a giant explanation. I just needed Uh a reason for this chick to be there because I was like, what the fuck is she doing here? And you could have given use that.
3: As a flag for her about the husband's behavior, where it could be he liked her, and you know he was had no problem with her with her coming to visit. Maybe he would have liked it, but then after he gets possessed, it you know it could have like not wanted, like, changed his mind and gotten angry that he was he was inviting this person along because it's an outsider who's coming to interfere with their plans, or just the opposite. It could have been not happy to have her coming along, and then. You know, I don't. You know, I don't want you to do that. And then, you know, hey, well, they they need another uterus. So, hey, you know, I've thought about it. How about you invite? They need uh, another uterus. <laughs> invite to come over.
0: Okay, yeah, so, that would. I I just felt like story wise, we just needed a little more oomph there to explain that. Right. Because. Only because I was, like, hung up on that second honeymoon thing to begin with. Maybe another viewer would have totally just been like, whatever, not thought about it. But that just bothered me so much that when the friend showed up, I'm like, okay, now this really doesn't make sense to me. Like, what is going on?
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, maybe they should not have had it as a, quote-unquote, second honeymoon and should have just had it as a vacation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, um, because again, you know, having a second honeymoon, what does that mean? And, you know, you mentioned it, Chrissy, and you mentioned it, Mike, you know, uh, was their marriage floundering, and so let's take a second honeymoon to make it better. You know, all that, when they could have just said, hey, you know, this is our vacation, A, B, and B, we found a deal online, um, and, you know, we're here. And it just happens to be in the same city where, you know, my girlfriend from college uh, now lives, and, uh, I'm going to give her a ring up and hang out with her, you know? So, um, yeah. And it seemed like her- they were playing. It. Yeah. And it seemed like they were going to be there for a while too. So if, you know, if, if they're going to be renting the place for a month or, or two weeks or something, it makes sense that they would not necessarily be together 24 seven. Um, you know, because when you rent a house, it's not like you, you're, you know, you the husband could have said, hey, I'm going out snorkeling. I'll talk to you later, or I'm going to go jogging in the morning or whatever and and stuff. And, and um, you know, they didn't really focus much on that. Um, it, it just went straight to the crazy people next door or the people that, that I guess, own the house or, or I don't even know what it is. But um, what else did we want to talk about? What, what else um, did we miss?
0: Well, yeah, and there is that random comment, too, that I also found sort of fucked up and weird when when the friend is like, oh, so Petrie is going to hang out with those people. Oh, he's so hung up on the older guy, right? And Alex, the wife, turns around and says, well, I guess he looks at him as a father figure since his father died last year. Whoa. Okay, wait. Whoa. Back up the train. okay. So if something like that is important and is going to become important later on in the movie, that needed to be mentioned. Did I miss it? Maybe I missed it. Like all you, maybe I did. Cause honestly, I was so bored with this movie. I was like, I put it on and was doing other things while this was going on once we got 15 minutes into it or so, but Really, so now we find out, okay, well, his dad died. Was he close to his dad? You know what I'm saying? Like this thing, it just was like whoever wrote this script honestly really did not understand the building blocks of that kind of stuff. Because if that is going to become a pivotal thing for the wife to be able to use later as a reason for his behavior, then we needed to hear about the husband's loss of the father earlier. And it didn't even have to be a big thing. It just had to be something like, gee, you know, I really wish my dad were here to see us trying to have this baby or something. You just need something. It just can't come out of nowhere like that because it just looks lame. Like, you know, it's like, okay, why are you telling us this now?
4: Right. right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's like to answer a question. Right. Or the have fact. the wife
0: be like, yeah. look, I know you miss your dad, and this is why you're glomming onto this old guy. Even that would have been okay earlier on. But you really need to pay attention to me because this is our vacation and we shouldn't be hanging out with them. Like, or I know you miss your dad. Sure, go on the boat. Something. But to just have that as a random explanation later, it just seemed like somebody went, oh, shit, we now need to explain this. You know, I wonder if maybe they wrote half this script when they were actually making, like, actually filming it. Because some of this stuff that came up in the script seemed so, like, just slammed in there, like, dropped in there at the last minute to explain something. And I was thinking, were they, like, actually writing this as they did it? Like, was there a real script or were they just half improvising. I don't know. That's just kind of what it felt like to me.
2: I wonder more of that the more we talk about it.
0: Yeah, because it was just random shit. And like, like the whole thing about, um, like even the friend, you know, I mean, and there's this whole random discussion about wait do you hit menopause and you won't believe the bloating. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Like, first of all, is, are you now telling me that this friend is old enough to be in menopause? Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just didn't yeah. make any sense. I'm like, where is the Well, and it, it also felt like they well, didn't understand Well, the woman cult. is
1: 41.
2: Right. It felt like they didn't understand cults either, because you would expect more subtlety to try and get someone wrapped into it. And there is no subtlety here.
4: Right, right. Well, and, and, and like you said, 41, you know, that's, 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 may not, I, I mean, I mean, if anything, it would, it would have been saying, yeah, when my mother had menopause, this is what happened or something, you know, but as if she had already experienced it at that age, I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, 41 and listen, you know, it happens, it happens and it can happen early, but it was just such a, my point is not whether or not it was truthful. It just seemed like here are these women drinking wine and acting young. And that's the other thing too. So I was very surprised to find out, like, however far in, that this woman was 41 and miscarried. Because I was like, okay, wait, wait a second. Again, that was another one of those things. Okay, she's 41. Even nowadays, that's dangerous. And so the fact that she had a miscarriage... Wouldn't have been all that surprising necessarily, or her age, my point is her age, because of the way the female body works, her age should have been made a bigger deal. You know, we're, you know, we're 41, we're, you know, something, this is our last chance. We met late in life, something to indicate why she wants to take this. To to heighten the anxiety,
3: right? Yes again why so this is and and um look anyone who has been through a miscarriage knows uh that it is a traumatic experience for for anyone uh but you know so so I'm not making light of it, but the fact that it's it, she was uh twenty one or twenty five and had a miscarriage um there's a difference in that it's you know there there will be Like you said, other opportunities where if you're 41, first of all, if you're you're 40, 41 and trying to get pregnant, well, one, it could have been an accident, which we never find out. Were they trying to have a baby or was it a, you know, was it an accident Um, because it's not easy to have a baby at 40, 41. And if they were trying to have a baby at 41 and they were successfully getting pregnant and then had a miscarriage, you know, that – is kind of, not doubly traumatic, but it adds, like, extra salt to the wound because you put in all this effort, you thought you had it, and then it's taken away. Yeah, And, And you don't know if you can do it again. And the anxiety there, and all that would build, and the question is, is that, how does that change the relationship? And it's getting all back to this backstory stuff that they never really exploited and never really got a chance to exploit because the husband decides he wants to smoke some weed and... And
0: get Well, and two, the desperation of this main character that she is older and really wants to have a baby before it becomes an unreachable goal for her, right? Because she says to the husband, Oh, we're gonna try again. Doesn't she say that to him early in the film?
2: I think so. We're, we should yeah. try
0: again, right? I'm not I didn't miss that, right? So I'm like, okay. So why isn't she now giving him shit and being like, "Why are you going out on that boat? We need to be fucking here." Because right, you know, because we're out she's forty-one, of time. Like, that's an issue. Yeah.
3: You know, were they, you know, were they taking fertility? Because if you know anyone who's tried to get pregnant, there is this whole um, in a situation like that. There, there can be that whole thing where their entire life revolves around when and where exactly do they fuck.
0: Well, and also getting back to this idea of the cults, like what Kevin and and Phil were both talking about, about how you need to make this attractive and appealing. You know, there's a golden opportunity here that, oh my gosh, well, if I were to be lured into this cult, you know, they're promising me pregnancy. You also have this older couple, right? Clearly the guy is, is an older man and the woman is her age, supposedly, right? But this is all stuff we have to kind of figure out on our own because nothing is ever even subtly telegraphed here. You got to fill in your own blanks. But it's like, okay, oh, she's pregnant. Maybe there's hope for me. What is she doing right? What See, and that would have been a backdoor into the cult that would have made sense that maybe the wife would be maybe more attracted to this. So there's a whole, like, bunch of stuff that these people, like Barrett said, they just didn't go there. Like, they didn't – they missed a whole – there's – I mean, all these motivations were wrong. It just – I don't know. That's what made me crazy. But – I thought the fact that she was 41 should have been mentioned early. The fact that he lost his dad, the guy lost his dad, that would have explained a lot about his instant connection and wanting to smoke pot with this old man. What did this guy, what was his relationship with his dad? Was his dad an asshole? Was his dad a pot smoker? Does he miss his dad? I mean, all these things could have all been subtly implanted in there and then it would have made sense. Can I, uh,
3: can I jump to the uh, Kelly Maroney bit? Because even yeah. that kind of left me, yeah, unsatisfied. Because no, um, I love Kelly Maroney. She's from uh, Night of the Comet and uh, Chopping Mall, um, and the
4: Zero Boys, and a bunch of other good ones. Yeah, yeah and a
3: bunch of other stuff. Uh, you know, and um, and she's if you ever get a chance to meet her at a convention, she's she's very friendly. She's a lovely actress, and certainly uh, recommend uh, you know if you can getting an autograph, but. Uh, throwing some money her way but um, had that said I thought she was fine in the film but I don't know why she was there right so she's there kind of in the harbinger role the uh, the person that's there to warn that something's going on but it's a thing that doesn't fit from what we'd seen with the cult because her her daughter who is played by herself right because she's like have you seen me the flyers it's herself from like I think it's still from Night of the Comet um, it's the, the, we don't get the sense the cult is making people disappear and murdering them. They're converting people, and she's really just there to give us the first monster scare. Twenty minutes or thirty minutes into the movie, right? Um, right.
4: Well, so we do she, learn that she, her daughter, wasn't kidnapped in the sense that we think of kidnappings. Her daughter are going missing. Her daughter was given to the cult by her and then she f- regretted it and and wanted the, the child back. And I think that's her storyline um, after the fact what was the, of being the harbinger.
1: That was the daughter the person we see at the beginning of the movie running away from somebody? Uh, that's kind of what, we, no, that's what Kevin. I have led to believe.
0: No, oh, that was, that was the that? old guy's wife.
1: Yeah. Kevin,
0: that was the old guy's pregnant oh, okay. wife.
1: Yeah, I oh, know. Okay. I had to
0: rewind that, too. That was easy to misconstrue. Yeah, that was
1: yeah. Uh, because the old guy's the, pregnant wife. As t- she was talking about it, then they kind of did the flashback to the woman running, you know, being chased by somebody. Because um, when I first saw this, the, the Kelly character, uh, or the whatever her name was, um, Zadok, that's the one. I, the, the name I remember because it's a biblical name. Um, yeah, Ambrose she, Zadok. When I was yeah, Ambrose Zadok. She that's a fun one. But um, it was she was when she was talking. She reminded me a little bit of the crazy drunk guy from uh, Shadows of just- Rinsmouth. You know, and as he was talking about all these different things, I mean, she reminded me of that that drunk guy, you know, at one point giving the warning, get out of here. This is bad. This is bad. You know, this this high priest, you know, he took over and, you know, they're getting Dagon up from it. And all of a sudden he's like, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. And we never see him again. You know, that's who this woman reminded me of.
4: Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree. But. We, we the the twist was she, her daughter she she was a willing participant and now wanted to change everything and go back which unfortunately uh, it was too late and and then
1: what well, do we got um,
4: No, no, and then then she became a liability because she was. Causing too many much issues with the new recruits that they're they're trying to get, which are um, Alex and and Petri. so they had to eliminate her. But Mike, you have a good point. Um, in your opinion, you you felt that it just wasn't
3: done well enough. That whole storyline. Well, it's not. I guess it was it was it was brief. It was. Um Involving a character that isn't there very long. And I, I don't know that there was really much point to it. Right. That I, I would th- agree with. Yeah. I right. think. Well,
4: well, and at that point we already knew the cult was bad. Right. So it wasn't like, it was almost like she was just there as a body count person at that point. Gone. Mike.
3: Yeah, no, that's it. Um, and, and right and that's it that' is, that's what it felt like it was that was there for body count purposes yeah
4: yeah and 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 that's what it turned out uh she happened to be um i, I mean her the role was was much bigger than i, I thought um and then i was was it i was uh when we first saw her as a shadowy person in the distance, maybe homeless or crazy uh I didn't know it was gonna be her character and then um she has the big role scene where she's wanting uh Alex. But then um we get the, the follow-up scene later, which which was much longer where she talks about you took my daughter, I want her back and whatnot, and then the monster comes and, and takes her away. Um and again, all that was 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 done, I guess, good enough. It's just that it didn't add to the mystery because again there was no mystery because within 15 minutes we we knew that they weren't just a cult but supernatural as well because you know that's that's what happened to Petrie. he wasn't just hypnotized you know he was actually sw- uh you know fed the monster in a sense so um yeah it didn't it didn't leave much uh suspense in in a sense, it was, and and you know even Deb, I kind of gathered was going to be a body count person by the end as well, um, and sure enough, that that unfortunately yep. was the case. I was hoping she'd get away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too, me too.
0: Well, uh, her plan though kind of cracked me up. I don't know about you guys, but it's like, well, I'm going to track down these people on this address, and I'm going to ask if they. <laughs> If they're missing their daughter or whatever, I was like, okay. <laughs> like, that I don't know. That was just sort of weird. That was another one of those weird things where I was like, right, like, okay. Like, I don't know. It just it, well, it felt well, like, you know, you know, oh, shit, we need a reason for her to get killed. So let's right. make up some ridiculous Saying that she's going to go tattle, or you know, I don't know. It just it didn't feel right to me at all. But I loved her. The, loved
4: her. The, the 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 police part too was unfortunate too, because the police officer or constable, as, as they they called him once in the film, kind of reminded me of Doctor Sappiestine and Rosemary's Baby. To go back to that film, where is he? Leg- I mean, he, he's like in S- Rosemary's Baby. Sappiestine was a well known. A top-notch doctor. So even if he was part of the cult, no one would have ever suspected him because again, yep. he's he's like one of the biggest doctors in New York. So even Charles Grodin's character in that movie was like shocked when um, Mia Farrow's character says, "Doctor Sapstein's part of the cult." He he's like. Okay and then you know he betrays her because he goes my god this is dr Saperstein. he's not a part of any cult that's ridiculous so the constable you know he's the he's the main police officer you figure he is a small town like this beach community or not he's someone of importance is he part of the cult or not is he is kelly maroney or deb going to go to the cop and or even alex and d- discuss what's going on and not only does none of that happen but Really? I mean, they didn't really need the police officer because <laughs> he didn't have he was, a gun. He didn't have any significance. He was in film. 30
2: yeah, thirty seconds of the film and he had no TV, so he had no idea of current culture. <laughs> so his character was just, yeah, he didn't almost be yeah, in mean, there. In he in had Reg- no personality even.
4: Yeah, because yeah. I thought they were going to use him as the Dr. Saperstein character in this movie. Right. Do and, and some gaslighting. They- Yeah, exactly, you know, and and it turns out he was nothing. You were going to say something, Chrissy?
0: No, I was just going to say, yeah, that I'm totally down with what Barrett's saying, because then there's that one line later with the teddy bear, right? And she's (laughs) like, I'm going to call the police, and I'm thinking, what, that worthless guy we thought for 30 seconds that had no gun and had no fucking idea what was going on? Okay. Like... Right, that's what, right. That was why I was like, are they just kind of writing this as they go? Like Well that that's the thing. They could have had, totally insignificant. Like it doesn't I don't get well, it.
4: Well that's the thing. They could have used the constable for two, two purposes. They could have had him show up and find out, uh oh, he's really wanted a part of the cult and that would have been pretty cool. Or they could have had him show up and then he's not he didn't know the cult existed and then he becomes uh another yep. victim. You know, Plus but she could they have been running him.
2: away and runs into him, and he drags her back
4: or something. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or, totally or, unused. Or, <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, or, or or he just comes in and says, "I'm gonna," you know, you know, stop the cult, and then he just gets wiped out because obviously he's overnumbered. But but yeah, they they don't do anything with his character. No,
0: it was kind of like, "Hi, I'm the cop."
2: yeah okay. they should have had him yeah. at
0: least <laughs> taking
2: they should have at least had him taking the crazy woman to them to get killed rather than her just yeah. you know submitting yeah. to go into the limo and dying or in the car yeah, or whatever would that
0: would have made sense right. i, I would have bought that right. yeah, right. But yeah oh, or, just... or or have her you
4: know be picked up and thrown in the the, the jail for one night for harassing someone and then the cop yeah. comes and bails her out, and it's like holy shit. They're taking her away. That would have been good too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You were going to say something, Chrissy?
0: Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. In general, in like a story or a movie or whatever, if you're going to like hang a lantern on a character like that, then he kind of has to come back (laughs) later (laughs) and do something. (laughs) Otherwise, there's kind of no point. Like, yes, you can have your random characters like your store clerk or your gas station attendant that maybe like says something, you know, important. But it, but it, if, if it's only a one shot deal like that, then he at least has to say something important if he's not going to come back later. Like Did he didn't have, have an impact. No, he didn't. didn't he, so. he didn't even have any kind of impact except that somebody, made a joke about him later and said, oh, he doesn't even have a gun. I think that was the only other thing that happened. And I don't know who said I don't know if it was, like, uh, Alex telling the friend there that, oh, no, the, the cop doesn't have a gun or whatever it was. But it just seems to me like... So, yeah, you can have a one-shot character like that, and that's fine, but that character has to actually have some kind of impact. Otherwise, I mean, like- it's a waste.
2: Yeah, he seemed like a random NPC in a friend's D&D game that's there to give you some info.
0: (laughs) Yes, oh my god. You're so right about that. That's so funny. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's like, here's my random character that I get my gold coins from or whatever and go away. Um, But yeah, uh, and that was kind of unfortunate because when I saw him initially, I'm with Phil on this. When I saw him initially, I thought, oh, He's going to be important later or he's going to come back later and there's going to be, um, you know, there's going to be something.
2: That's you where know? we're talking like in a story payoff. You get no yes. payoff from the character at all.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Payoff. I'm an idiot. That's the word I should have used. Yes. Payoff. You're right. Yep. There was no payoff to that. Um, but, you know, like I said, I I just think there was so much here that just needed to be. Um, that just needed to be kind of explored and fleshed out and and it just I don't know it just kind of fell apart for me, but
4: yeah
0: uh let's see um, let's go with you, Kevin.
4: We haven't said anything recently uh any anything that you wanted to bring up that was interesting or disturbing or <laughs> a problemsome for you uh anything about the phone?
1: Well, there were a couple of things I just noticed um like when uh they first had the guy on the boat they were offering him the the wine again and the the smoking the pot and i noticed that no one else took it <clears throat> including the old guy he didn't drink and he didn't smoke you know it was all meant to pretty much drug the guy but it, one thing i found interesting is at the end of the movie when that guy uh i forgot his name um when he got killed the old guy when he got killed last thing he said before he died was thank you you know as well as he got he felt like he was finally free so he was probably drugged and all that the same thing happened to him who knows how long ago uh before you know he became uh into this cult type of thing right uh, the rest of it did the, the rest of it is, is pretty much i mean has already been said um and as we were talking, this <coughs> sorry, one of the things that I <coughs> sorry, one of the things I noticed was um, there's these people you're talking about like low budget and all that, doing movies. Uh, this one group they did uh, a Whisper in Darkness, and it was it was done in uh, 2011. I only saw it, I think, on uh, YouTube, but it was was black and white. It was obviously done recently, but just in black and white style. And it was a way better Mm -hmm. interpretation of a film, of a Lovecraft film, than I've ever seen from anything professionally done.
2: I would agree Um, with that.
1: You know, and I I think you know what I'm talking about. And I think maybe the same people did Call of Cthulhu, and I hadn't seen it. you know, this one was done in 2005, but I don't know if it's the same people who did it or not. But because uh, it looks like it's the same style, and like the black and you know, like the black and white and all that sort of thing, and making it look like it's something out of the 50s, and I'll have to see if I can find that also. Just because my whole point is is that even though these people probably had a whole lot of better a better budget than these folks who did the the shorts that I just mentioned. Um it was obvious that they could have done it better. You know, because I saw these people who were not that experienced do it better. You know. Sure.
4: sure.
1: That that's just my that's just my two cents to it. Well, I mean well, when I first saw this I thought, oh hey, this is great. You know, it's gonna be something based out of Lovecraft and I was as when I, I finished watching it, I was I was disappointed. I mean, I, I don't know if I would go as far as hating it like Chrissy did, but I was definitely disappointed in it, and I just was glad it was over.
4: Let me, let me ask you this about Deb. Uh, when they were at the party of the kooks, um, and the kooks handed Deb and Alex glasses of wine, um, and, and Deb started drinking it, uh, I, w- I was surprised. I thought. I thought there would be something to do with the wine, where the wine was going to... No, they asked for marshal. tequila. Yeah, whatever, they had, well, yeah. One, it took they a asked while to, it get to get to, tequila one the tequila, too. Was. Yeah,
2: it, it took a while to get it, so I'm thinking, you're right, they did something to it.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I, but, but, I was,
4: but it went nowhere. Uh, go on, go on.
1: Yeah. Well, my whole thought was is that they didn't know about anybody being drugged yet, so they just... It's yeah. kind of a, okay, this is a weird group of people, but... Being drugged was probably not probably wouldn't be a a thought on on, at least on my mind. If somebody were to give me something, I thought, okay, this is a weird group of people. But I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't suspect them of drugging me uh, soon, you know, just because I only just got only just got to know them, And I, I I probably would not have I probably would not have been too cautious around them yet but i probably would have been a little hesitant uh while talking with some of them maybe it's by the end of the move, maybe by the end of the party scene i probably would have been a little bit more yeah i don't think i'm going to have anything to drink by these people but right. before that you know because they all they did was they came in and they just got this everybody saying in unison hello now granted yeah, was this was, all, was this was a community this was a commune a community. Um, so yeah, they were going to have their little quirks. They're going to have their way of introduction. So my first thought was, all right, maybe that's just their thing. It's weird, but it's their thing. So I wouldn't expect to be drugged quite yet.
4: Right. Well, and, and it appears that the, the tequila wasn't drugged anyway. Right. I mean, it didn't. No, it wasn't. Later. Yeah. Now, you were going to say something, Chrissy.
0: No. No, I wasn't. Uh-huh. I was just listening. Yeah, I was just yeah. hanging out listening.
2: Gotcha. I do gotcha. want to talk about the doctor.
4: I thought the doctor was very odd. Yeah, that was
0: your character, Chrissy, that you liked. Uh, yeah, that,
4: that yeah. was really strange because the actor that played the doctor, um, again, with, with today's pronouns and stuff, who, who knows? It was a man in a dress.
0: Yeah. Right, right. Right. What, what, it was definitely, c- clearly, and I don't know It, if, it uh, was a man
4: that, that play, played it. The, the person that played... Play, let me rephrase that. It was a man that played it, meaning the character, um, and his name was Timothy Muscatel, and the the character's name is Dr. Gene Rayburn. Gene as in uh, Eugene, or, or the male version of Gene, not the female version of Gene. So that was was the case but it was like you said Mike. a man in a dress and his or her spouse depending on your pronouns um was married to another man um and they talked about and the thing that was odd that he said or she said was was that when they had when they when they were pregnant and and so that that i wasn't sure what that meant so i i I wasn't sure originally if it was a man in a dress until i had to look it up mike so i, I was a bit confused but anyway continue whoever was, was wanting to talk yeah, about
3: this I, I don't i don't think that it was intended to be a man in a dress okay. meaning i mean obviously that's they, what i was
2: wondering about it yeah was, was, i don't what was think their
3: intention with that i i think they they hire i think they put the the, the guy and that's i think it's a an indie film director who is playing the part um uh, I think that was done to make the character off and mm, make right. the character feel off, but the world that we're in right now, you have, you're not sure that that was their intent. Right. Right. Like you said, you weren't sure about the which is why I'm perfectly fine here saying, you know, that it was a, a man in a dress. Cause I believe that was the intention was to have a, a man in a dress playing a woman as opposed to a transsexual character? Yeah. Um and I don't know if that was a good choice or not. Um it was odd. I th- I did think the character was odd. And maybe the maybe the maybe that is part of the the oddity. Um and you know, and, uh, yeah, it, it it just it was a thing. Um it was it was i will just say it was a weird choice. And it's one of the few weird choices they made in the film that I think, actually, you could argue worked and wasn't just a cliche. Yeah. Um, because because here we, cause the character certainly stuck out,
2: and they felt creepy.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah that it was. You know, it, it, this film it, it, it lacked tension. You know, it, it. I did not find it scary, but that doctor was just so. I'm actually going to use the word delightful here, delightfully odd, because it threw you off. You weren't sure what you were supposed to think. You weren't sure what the context was or what what they were going for. It was actually one of the few moments, if there were any others in this movie, there may not even be, where I sat there and went, wow, like this is really piques my interest. What the fuck is going on here? Like with the rest of it, I was just kind of like, okay, whatever, you know, this actually made me really curious. Like I wanted to see more of this doctor and find out what the deal was and the way that we're introduced to this doctor too, you know, come have some coffee. And then the first shot is the doctor sitting at the table, like guzzling this cup of coffee. And that is what made that character really stand out to me. It wasn't so much that it was a, a guy playing a woman or however they were doing with that. It was like, oh, my God, this person is guzzling hot coffee.
4: Right. Well, also, it was interesting, too. About like, I want to know
0: more about this. This
4: well, is great. Well, another thing that was interesting about the character, too, was, was how, how she, meaning Alex, Our protagonist, the the character that we're supposed to, uh, I guess, be, uh, is supposed to be the eyes and ears for the audience. How is she going to react to this? Yeah. uh, Yep. I guess odd individual, uh, uh, you know, the the doctor. And and so it was going to be curious to see how she would have acted. Right. Because um, she can't be impolite because then she's, you know, rude. But she can't be that careful either because this is a unsolicited doctor that shows up and is sent by, um, Ingrid and Russell, who are the the weirdo cult members that have kind of stolen her husband at it's in a sense. So what is she supposed to do? You know, so it wasn't like Dr. Saperstein, which is a normal person, meaning normal, meaning, um, nothing about him that makes him interesting he's just a guy you know that happens to be a doctor well this doctor here is interesting because again as as you said mike it's a it's a man playing a, a woman in a dress but we're not sure to know if what the real intention is of the character so yeah it was it was it was odd i guess that's the Best way I can put it. I don't. I don't know. Um, what do you think, Kevin? You haven't mentioned your opinion on the, on the doctor.
1: I thought the doctor was interesting. It was obvious <clears throat> to me that the doctor was not a tran- transsexual or whatever. It was just a guy playing a woman, and that was the extent of it. Um, he was a, sorry. She was interesting. Um, you know, because I mean, when we also later meet her meet her go to her her house Uh, she's with her husband and one of the things that I was kind of curious about though is that this person comes in and says well I'm a doctor how do we know I mean do we see credentials do we see I mean Mm You know, I mean, mean, when you go into a doctor's office, one of the first things you see on the wall is their diploma or some sort of certificate saying that, yes, they are a doctor. I mean, I could I mean, I could go to Chrissy's house and say, hi, I'm Dr. Kevin Letts and uh, I'm here to do an examination. And it's like, hey, I mean, Chrissy's going to say, who are you? Get out of my house, you know, because (laughs) exactly. I mean. It's like even if I said, oh well, you know, so and so said, like a good friend of yours sent me there, you know, and I would I would name the right name and all that, but if if I don't, and even if you were not feeling well, but then all of a sudden I show up saying, hi, I'm I'm a doctor, and you'd be like, yeah, can you? It, it's almost like saying I'm Officer Kevin. It's like, okay, where's your badge? Yeah. You know, and that was one of the things that kind of struck me was is that this woman was a little too trusting you know to kind of let this person in, in inside the house not knowing who this person is saying is a doctor i mean you have no idea what this supposed doctor is going to do you don't even know if this person really is a doctor because it's like all right you know she made her pee in a cup and it's like okay i'll take this off to get tested and later on that night oh yeah everything's fine and i'm thinking to myself Really, usually those tests don't take six hours or five hours to do. It I usually can tell you they
2: a- they can take very quick. They can get them done very quick. I had a possible kidney issue, and they were testing oh. that stuff very fast.
1: <laughs> okay, but I mean, I'm just saying. it's just I mean, well, especially if you're a doctor in a community and you have no idea where even where the hospital is with all the equipment, and I, I, I don't know. I, just hit me as very skeptical that how do I know you're a doctor? How do I know you're not doing that something? Agree, totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no. I think
2: the P was just for, you know, the old one well,
3: to drink. Their name is Dr. Gene Raymond. It's right there.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, well, like that's... I said, I could write my name is with a doctor in front of it. And, and there you go.
0: Well and, and Kevin, right. just to just to piggyback on what you just said, you know, where Barrett was saying, yes, they can do those tests very quickly. Yes, they absolutely can do them quickly, but here's what's interesting, and I totally agree with you. Um this this woman, okay, who has miscarried is forty one years old, talks about how her family's healthy, but clearly If she miscarried and went through this, she would have been labeled as a, okay, it's not problem pregnancy. There's a term for it. It's not problem pregnancy. It's not danger pregnancy. There's a name for when a pregnancy is precarious because of the woman's um, medical condition or age. Okay. At risk. Oh, I think it's at-risk pregnancy or high-risk pregnancy. Maybe that's it. But anyway, so to go with what you said, Kevin, triply strange that these people come from L.A., this woman who just had all this. Dude, this woman has probably been peeing in cups for her entire pregnancy. This doesn't seem, like, seriously off to her. Like, what – and what? like you just said, what kind of doctor are you? Like – I'd be like, dude, no, I just had a miscarriage. I mean, granted, this woman has probably been through so much medical stuff um, in the last however many years or whatever, however long she was pregnant. Because we don't know how long it's been from the miscarriage to now. Um, But holy shit, like every red flag in her body should be going up. Well, and she's going to be from the fact that the guy is just that the person is just weird. Like, I think you she's going to
2: be gun shy of doctors, too. I mean, just That's a little true. bit because yep. of what she's gone through.
0: Yeah, well, and also to bear it to your point, um, again, they can test really quickly. But the thing is, like you said, like Kevin pointed out, they're in this weird community where they, they're they all self-sustaining. They have their own honey. They don't even know where the hospital really is. So how the hell would that person get that result that fast then? You know, what are they doing? Like, are they giving it to the rabbit? Like, is this like, oh, the rabbit died, so you're not fine. Like, you're pregnant. You know what I mean? Well, like you know, they are an insular community. They,
2: they do all that stuff on their own, but their community looks – Like, it's part of a pretty large community out there, you know what I mean? Like, they're just a suburb, almost, is the way it feels in the movie.
0: Yeah, that does make sense.
1: I mean, their suburb looks like it's mostly along the lines of a, a few houses on the beach.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even know where the film takes place, but what's well, just you know, obviously. It's, no, it's I coastal... think it's
0: supposed to be like California or somewhere, right. Phil. Yeah,
4: yeah and but... when you
2: see Deb leaving and everything, it's not like it's a small community. There's lots of houses, and it's like a normal yeah. neighborhood that you would see as a suburb of any
4: major-sized
2: right. city or medium-sized city.
4: Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you're, you're right. It looks like, at the very least, a, a suburb, you, you know, like – Now,
2: that could be the budget issue. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, it could be because if they were trying to suggest – that's the other issue I had with this. They didn't do very well with suggesting a sense of isolation. Now, it's true that in Rosemary's Baby, right, it's going on right in the middle of a major city and nobody notices. Okay. But part that part of
2: the size of the city makes that isolation. Right. And that's kind of right. the point they're making in that. But this one's not making that point at all. No,
0: this one is like, I mean, this would be like if this were going on, well, you can't use where I live as an example, because in Connecticut, nobody knows what their neighbors are doing and nobody cares. Like, I could have somebody being murdered next door and I would have no idea. Um. Because that's just the nature of the the culture here in this state. Everybody just kind of stays away from everybody else and avoids everybody else's personal business. But in a place like what they were showing us, especially when you get up in those like beach communities, right? I mean, how many times have we seen this? These beach communities are very close-knit with each other. So it just seems odd that there would be some women running down this beach, screaming in the middle of the night, and nobody outside this cult would notice.
2: You know what this reminds me of? There's that serial killer in New York, and it's that kind of area. It's a beach area where they found several women's bodies in a field. Right.
4: Yeah, in Long Island. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow.
3: Here's I, wrong, I haven't lived. I have not lived on Long Island in a while. I don't know why anyone's thinking that it's me. Um, <laughs> well, well. Also, though, before you continue, Mike, you know the bodies could have just be dumped versus being killed on the beach, right? Right. Which yeah, was which there? Is different. Go on, Mike. Yeah. Was Was there actually anybody not in the cult? <laughs> like, I mean, other than Deb? Um, no, I don't think so. I think right. There so, so, oh. so, so I don't. So I don't think anybody screaming would have drawn a whole lot of attention if they're all cult members. Right.
4: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, So, you know, if if that, if if there is a problem, I guess that one could be overlooked because that, that's a fair point, Mike, Um, you know, in the town, even, you know, the town, even if it looked bigger, as you said, or uh, my, I mean, Barrett, when, when, you know, they pull away and Deb's driving away, you know, similar to maybe Paradise Cove, episode 16 of Home and Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, that movie. We have to still remember that the town is still small enough that it appears there's just like one cop without a gun. Right. So, yeah, so, so, yeah it, it's it's um, daunting to try to figure it out because it is <laughs> of of those, those I guess uh, – Differences, you know, the town looking bigger than it really is when we pull away, but they claiming the town is smaller when we're actually talking to the characters in, in the movie. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, anything else anybody want to bring up? No, I think I've said him enough about the movie. <laughs> Right. Yeah,
0: this poor um, movie. I, I, I think I I bashed it enough. I know. <laughs>
3: I, I I I like the monster suit. <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, be a great Christmas <laughs> or
2: uh, take, uh, Halloween outfit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I
1: it mean the crazy. guy. Sorry, it's just the. I mean the guy even was wearing the exact same hat. It's like, really? Do you have to do that? But that just kind of shows that he's fulfilling the role. Uh, as he goes in and and the woman was not into it and I mean the woman was not compliant until <laughs> essentially she gets raped by a monster
4: right right well and and that's 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 the thing right I mean it's a cyclical thing every ten months or something like that where we find out that Ingrid was this German woman that was there on vacation or something and couldn't leave because her passport was, was lost and, and various other things. And she gets chased down on the beach. And what happens to Alex obviously must have happened to her as well. And when we meet her, Ingrid is the the baby mummer for the monster and completely part of the cult at that point. And then when the movie ends, um, Petrie replaces – Russell, the older guy, and Alex replaces Ingrid as the new baby mama, and completely part of the cult. And then there's this new couple that shows up to do the whole cycle over again. Um, there was there was a, a credit scene that was more of a, like a little joke. It really didn't have anything to do with the the movie. I don't know if anybody saw the credit scene. I did, but I don't remember it anymore. <laughs>
1: It, it's, it's, was, it, it was, it was, it was tasteless. Using,
4: yeah. It was using like the, the cameras to watch the couple. Uh, one of the, the cult members w- w- was a, uh, um, he was watching w-
1: the new woman kind of get dressed or whatever. And he was, Oh um, right. Yep. Yeah.
4: Yeah. He yeah. was, he was, he was, he was doing a Jeffrey Toobin.
3: No. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, by the way, I, um, uh, I I have heard of a mag light before. I think this is the first time I've ever seen a vag light.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that jump, was bump. really uh, that, that. I did not. Like, I oh. didn't go for that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really stupid. Oh God! You I look. See the light, and here is the light coming out of my twat. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> 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 All right, that was um, a little much. <laughs> well, you know that.
3: You know they. They, you know you don't want to you want to be careful about like putting a button on it you know, like that was that was pretty much yeah that was that was that, that, was, was, that was that was that was that was putting a button on it that was highlighting it it's like oh the magic vagina
0: I know <laughs> and it was just you know it, it, to me i don't know maybe it's just cuz i'm female but i was just like are you? I remember I saw that. And I just went. Are you fucking? Did they just really fucking do that? Are you fucking kidding me? Like what the hell? Who thought that was a brilliant idea? Because I started laughing.
4: Yeah, and I agree. It just made no, me I,
0: laugh. I was like, I, this is this totally appeals hypnotized. to my thirteen-year-old dirty, dirty-minded self. Like that I was is really hypnotized. funny. Right. Yeah. If this was, if this was like you know, uh. Like a heavy metal boys?
3: satire thing, making fun of perverted things and aimed at thirteen-year-old boys. <laughs> yes, I yes. can see that being being hysterical. By the way, and that would work also if you if, we, if it was a magic glowing penis too. That would also work if it was the point yes. was was uh, was immature childish humor or like something written by a thirteen-year-old boy because it was supposed to be cool. Uh, look at my the power of my magic glowing genitalia. Uh, you know, okay, but it's something that I think we were supposed to take seriously.
1: Yeah. Uh, you said, I think that's the problem I had with this movie: is that I couldn't take it seriously. The, yeah. The movies I that I the movie that I mentioned earlier the the uh, Whisper in, in the, the short. Darkness the short the short one that was that was serious. It was good, you know, and this was supposed to be serious, it was awful, and you just couldn't take it seriously.
3: well, let me ask you a question. Do you think the, the title the 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 deep ones is too much of a giveaway because yeah it's it's hanging a, a it is hanging a hat on the the lovecraft thing right it's using a lovecraft title uh, or imagery. And so it it actually says HP, the true title of the film is HP Lovecraft's the deep ones, but continue, Mike. So like, if we had got in not knowing if it was, I don't know, called the, you know, the community, the beach on the water, I don't know. Sure. Fishy sex, God, whatever it was, (laughs) badge light. Um, where maybe we weren't like where the title wasn't kind of giving us a heads up as to where it was going. Might, might that have even, something as simple as that have been a little bit useful.
1: Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that they are trying to capture the people, the, the Lovecraftian fans. Yeah. You sure, know. Sure. So they had to put that on there. If they said the beach community, right. we probably would have said, what else are we going to watch? Well, and you that know, would reverse because the trend it was of Lovecraft. being.
2: Yeah, that would reverse the trend of being unsubtle. I mean, <laughs> right.
4: right.
3: Well, this is the well, thing I've often said. There's been there's movies where like, or I thought, you know, where the title kind of gives away what is intended to be a surprise. Sure. And you know. I think if you just knew this was a horror film and it turned into something turned out to be something Lovecraftian that could be something that's a surprise for people and you know and here there, there was no surprise because it's right there in the title. I mean, I think this as I'm thinking about it, I mean, the surprise would still come in 15 minutes when when the when you the guy gets vag-tentacled on the boat, right? <laughs> yeah. So
4: yeah so I guess yeah, yeah
3: probably wouldn't
4: I, I mean, all right, well you know the title all right we, you get a general idea, especially the fans of Lovecraft, but other people that aren't as familiar with Lovecraft would be just going in it's a you know a horror movie or a monster movie, so they could still be surprised, but again, the problem was they gave us who the cult members were fifteen minutes into the film, right I mean, the moment that the Vagina monster takes over Petri that that was that was it right? We, we knew exactly where this was going to go. You're going to say something? Yeah.
1: Another, the, the other thing that bothers me, though, is that they actually mentioned Lovecraft in here. Like, they actually took out a book of Lovecraft and said, yeah, they're really into all this Lovecraft stuff. Yeah. Yeah, De- they should have just says, said, here's a copy those... of this old book called The Necronomicon. Nomicon. Oh, yeah, I heard right, about, right. about this. Right,
4: because Deb, Deb and, does mention the Necronomicon, but you're right, they, they also reference Lovecraft, too. too, too meta. They're really into H.P.
3: Lovecraft. Which is, right, right which, is, which is kind of like having a Spider-Man movie and a character saying, oh, look, they really like Stan Lee. It's just... Yeah. Right. Right. You know, well, you're,
0: and you're, that was... That was another thing, too. I mean, just to get back on, are we writing this as we go along? Deb, I think we all agree we love Deb. She was the most interesting and best character. However, she also would just come out with this random shit like oh, I took German, you know, my kraut isn't so good. Okay, so we took German. Well, that's okay, that's all right. But then it's like, oh, yeah, I know all about this Necronomica. Like, she just, she, it was almost like the big reveal scene was like, Deb suddenly is this amazing font of all this fucking knowledge that we never knew she had. Like, where did this all come from?
2: And who says Kraut you know, nowadays? That's what yeah. oh, that, that was uh,
0: That was awesome. I say Kraut. I loved I it. Funny. I loved, I loved it, it, but it
2: was like, yeah. I don't it's understand true. her using that word, but it's funny.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I always use that word. I always say Kraut.
2: Well, you're a little different.
4: Well, it, no, <laughs> no. Deb
0: does too. Deb does too. I didn't mean that no, in a bad way. Point... My yeah, point is just, you know, that was your big whatever they call this in horror films. What do they call it? The discover scene or the reveal scene, or you know, yeah. when the character is in the library yeah, that, finding yeah, all the that, shit that, about his exactly. haunted house, you know, whatever. Yeah, 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 right. But it's just like there was no build up to who Deb was, other than we know she likes to booze. And, you know, and shit like that. And, and, that, a, that, you and know. she has
4: a, ch- a child at home with a And with she has a, a kid at home. Yeah.
0: So then all of a sudden she knows everything that is absolutely necessary in order to reveal this to the other character. Like, I was just like, all right. right. They, right. But they had a lot of as-you-know-bobs in here, too, you know, in terms of the writing. Like, oh, look at these pictures. Oh, my gosh, you're right. They are so old. I'm like, oh, my God what is this is terrible i'm like this is
4: such a bad well well yeah i I mean i mean you know deb you know was definitely an educated woman and and smart and whatever but she didn't seem like the type that would have been able to say oh i know all these lovecraft books you know or or, you know never mind say oh i know all these charles dickens books you know she just didn't seem like that type of person um and for her to just know all that that and understand was convenient. What that meant. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little <laughs> convenient. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, tri- that's trivia. That's not n- normal knowledge. Right. I mean, you know, I can ask anybody who Jack Kerouac is and all of us may know who he is, but, but, you know, most of the people on the street probably don't, you know, I mean, I, I remember my, like my wife, you know, uh, I said, Hey, let's go to the Jack Kerouac museum in Lowell. And she says, who's Jack Kerouac? And, he, and, you know, that, that's Massachusetts. We're from Massachusetts. So, I mean, just as, you know, who's, who's a uh, Longfellow, you know, that's just trivia, you know, it, you have to know that stuff. And for Deb to know that stuff that conveniently was, was a little, like you said, yeah, Barrett. Yeah.
0: yeah it was just, it made me laugh because I love Deb, but I was like, oh my God. Okay. So we went from this, like wineaholic party girl needs her shots of tequila To come party with her friend, but now she speaks German, even though it's rusty. She knows all about H.P. Lovecraft. She knows all about Jim. She mentions Jim Jones, so she clearly knows all about cults. And and she even though Jim Jones is kind of you know still, it was like she just knew everything that that needed to be known for that scene. And which would she
4: even knew what the Necronomica was too? She specifically said that. Which would have
0: been totally fine if they had established her as, this is my friend from college. We both took these courses together in, I don't know, freaking cosmic literature or something that connected them. Um, But because really all I saw connecting them was shots of tequila and wine, it just kind of didn't make any sense. (laughs) But, you know, whatever. (laughs)
1: It was i have to admit i'm surprised uh phil didn't recognize Locker. deb
4: deb the actress deb
1: no the Whoa. woman the, the the actress that played the woman deb because yeah. she was in the office uh
4: are you sure about that yeah uh-huh yeah which let me look let me look closer at her what character she played
1: uh
4: i i don't know what character she played
1: she played the uh, stripper.
4: Oh, that was her. Yep. Oh my God! Yes, yeah, you, your favorite character. That, that no, no, I but assume. that that no, 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 but that that that's pretty pretty awesome because she's like like can get into a role really well, right? Because you know, completely different. It, it's not like you know every role that not, you know. He's a great actor, but Robert De Niro plays Robert De Niro. This woman plays a a stripper in the office who's kind of ditzy while here she wasn't ditzy at all. I mean, and so I, that's why another reason why I didn't recognize her, you know, and she wasn't a sex stuff either. So yeah, that's why I I, I didn't, I didn't know it was her. How about that? Yeah. She's a good actress. Like I said, I thought she was the best actress right from the beginning when we started this. And and sure enough, uh, it makes sense now um, that she's the actress from the office. How about that? Uh, Anything else? Anybody want to bring up? All right, I guess uh, we can get into uh, – uh, well, we we'll probably should get into our final thoughts because we're we're pretty close to an hour and 50 minutes in. But I'll just throw out if anybody has any news or one or two items they wanted to bring up uh, before we do start wrapping up. Anybody? All right, so I guess we're okay. So uh, I guess we get into our final thoughts on this film. But before we do, uh, uh, Mike, me, you, and Eric do another podcast?
3: Yeah, that's the Cinema à la Carte podcast, which we finally recorded another episode uh, just Yay. a week ago. Um, yep. A little over that now, but uh, just last week. And uh, hopefully that will be coming to you sometime in the next six months. Uh, Cinema à la Carte is a spinoff podcast of Dark Discussions, where we discuss films that are not horror films. Not necessarily, anyway. Yep,
4: That's right. But so, often uh, have little horror elements in them. True, true. So and uh, some of the films that we have done on the podcast were potential episodes of dark discussions and they just never, uh, were chosen. But, uh, but yeah, Mike has a good point. It's generally not horror. It's, it's horror, uh, adjacent or even non horror completely. We've done some comedies and, and right. Well, like
3: flash Gordon is pretty non horror, but you know, hostels, the Western from a couple of years ago, it's, I wouldn't call it horror, but it certainly has some horror ish elements, thriller elements to it. Um, So, yeah, it just really, really depends on how you split your hairs. Indeed.
4: Uh, And um, Barrett, myself, you, uh, along with a rotating group of co-hosts, including Kevin, uh, do another podcast on the side.
2: Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. And we will be talking about the movie The Spore soon.
4: That's right. That's right. So uh, watch out for The Edge for Cinema a la Carte, as well as uh, The Spore, uh, as well as a couple other episodes that have been recorded as well, including uh, some interview episodes uh, with some uh, filmmakers. Um, And uh, Chrissy, you do things.
0: I do. I write a lot of short fiction. Um, I also am founding editor of the journal 34 Orchard. And you can find out more about me at com. And if you can't spell that, just try to spell it closely enough because there's right now, thank God, there's only one of me. Right. (laughs) So even if you misspell it, I'm going to be the only one who comes up. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing.
4: All right. Sounds good. So uh, I guess we can get into our final thoughts on this film once more, which was called The Deep Ones. Uh, We'll start with you, Chrissy.
0: Well, I'm going to say even if you love Lovecraft and even if you enjoy films that are based on Lovecraft and you know what to expect – I honestly, I would skip this one, even if it's free. You know, spend your time on Netflix with Block Island Sound, which is very good. And I'm sure the other guys on this podcast can recommend other Cthulhu-based or or Lovecraftian-based, like they were talking about The Whisper in the Darkness, which I know the movie they're talking about. It's excellent. There's so much uh, more out there that can really fill your uh craving you know, satisfy your craving and be your jam. Um, I just really don't think this is it. I, I think this is kind of a waste of time. Not even kind of, that's terrible. I think it is a waste of time. Um and that makes me sad because I love independent films and like I said, I tend to be really, really forgiving. But I just think this was just not worth the time. So that's that's my recommendation. I'm gonna go with that. Let's see what the other guys say.
1: All right, sounds good. Uh, let's go with you, Kevin. A lot of what uh, Chris, he just said, skip it. It wasn't a good movie. I was very disappointed when I watched this. It was, like I said earlier, this was one of those movies where they had a budget and they probably had actors that could do this, but they they just didn't. They just didn't make it into a good movie. I don't know if it's writing. I don't know if it's organization or what, but the story wasn't good. Um, Skip it. Just skip it.
4: All right. Sounds good. Uh, Yeah, for me, um, I actually kind of liked the film. Uh, I was not bored. There were were some issues, as we discussed, but uh, I generally enjoyed myself for the hour and 20, 25 minutes the film was. Uh, I, I didn't regret watching it. Um, the story uh obviously had some flaws because it gave away a lot of stuff too early, but as Mike said uh you know the monster was kind of pretty cool uh the idea uh of the story was pretty neat um the uh, you know it's a lovecraft story, so it was cool to see uh the dag on and the deep ones and 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 kind of cthulhu tentacles and stuff um if you like midnight movies if not true grindhouse at least midnight movies it's, it's got the blood and boobs so uh that's uh kind of a throwback to uh 80s films that that you don't really see much anymore uh so people like jason lloyd and and, and whatnot would, would would most certainly uh like the film Uh, So, uh, I would uh, say check it out, especially that it's free on uh, Netflix. I mean, not Netflix. uh, Amazon Prime, which is always a good thing to see things free. Uh, So, it's worth checking out. Uh, Let's go with you, Barrett.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty much in total agreement with Phil. Um, It's not the greatest movie in the world, but I I wasn't bored. I enjoyed it. Um, There are definitely some issues with it, as we went over in our discussion. Um, But, you know, I'm like anything Cthulhu I'll watch. So I've seen some pretty bad ones. I've seen some pretty good ones. This one's pretty middle of the road for me. Um, Yeah.
4: All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, Mike.
3: Yeah, I guess I'm going to split the difference here. Uh, I'll disagree with Chrissy and say that zero is exactly, free is exactly the right price for this. But, you know, (laughs) um, I would not pay a penny more. Um, but it's also, if you're not like just really into watching whatever Lovecraft stuff is there, there, there are definitely way better movies for the same price to be watching. Um, it, it had tr- I had trouble getting involved and interested in it. There were things that I did like about it, there wasn't a lot that I just outright hated about it, and we've certainly um had talked about all those. Films, some of those films in the past again we try to avoid those um it just wasn't very sharp it didn't bring a lot new to the to, to the screen um and it wasn't terribly engaging uh, but you know again if you want to check out something lovecraft and don't want to spend any money that it, it it's there um so there that's my review it's there
4: all right sounds good so uh once again uh though the film is uh, listed as a 2020 film because it did have uh its festival circuit release in the in 2020 the film is uh at least considered by dark discussions, a 2021 film because that's when it became available to everybody. Uh, the film is directed by Chad Ferrin, uh, a well-known indie director that did such films as exorcism and, uh, 60,000 feet in the air, whatever it was called that some folks liked, uh, it stars, uh, uh, Gina, Lapiana. uh, Johan Erb, Robert Miano, Sylvia Spross, Jackie DeBaden, and Kelly Maroney. Uh, it was written ba- uh, by Chad Ferren as well, based off of the H.P. Lovecraft uh, writings. And the film is available right now for free on Amazon Prime. Uh, you can also see the trailer anywhere trailers are found, uh, which may be an interesting thing to check out. Um, because the trailer is actually a pretty solid trailer. Um for a film. Uh, so uh, that's all I got. So uh, with all that stated,
3: Mike, why don't you us out? Uh well, thank you for once again listening to the Dark Discussions podcast. Please tune us tune in again next time where we will probably not be talking about Evagelite.